Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 13th of December, the 347th day of 2021. We have 18 days ahead of us until 2022. Today in 1577, Francis Drake set sail from England on his circumnavigation of the world. Today in 1636, the Massachusetts Bay Colony organized three militia regiments to defend the colony against the Pequot Indians. The colonies organizing said forces became recognized as the founding of the United States National Guard. Today in 1774, Paul Revere and Wentworth Cheswell rode to warn Portsmouth of the approach of British warships. Today in 1920, the League of Nations established the International Court of Justice in The Hague. Today in 1928, George Gershwin's An American in Paris premiered at Carnegie Hall, New York City. Today in 1950, James Dean began his career by appearing in a Pepsi commercial. Today in 1957, the film Peyton Place, based on the Grace Metalius novel and starring Lana Turner and Hope Lang, was released. Today in 1961, the Beatles signed a formal agreement to be managed by Brian Epstein. Today in 1964, U.S. President Lyndon Baines Johnson and Mexican President Gustavo Diaz Ordaz set off an explosion that diverted the Rio Grande River sufficiently to reshape a section of the U.S.-Mexico border. And today in 1990, South African President F.W. de Klerk and Nelson Mandela met to discuss the end of apartheid. Heavenward, a little after our waxing gibbous moon set, leaving the sky dark a few hours before dawn, we were afforded some of the annual Geminid meteor shower, bold, white, and quick, at the rate of at least 50 meteors per hour for a scant couple of hours. Tonight also falls within the greatest viewing times for this year's Geminids, so have a try. Meanwhile, back here on Planet COVID, or is it Planet Earth? Or is it Planet Earth with COVID? Or Planet COVID with Earth? Fabulous is the manner in which some of us cling so determinedly to the word normal, to the extent that this concept, based on fantasy to begin with, is for way too many folks a reality they intend to abide by even if it kills them. When were things ever normal? Conforming to a norm or standard, the American Heritage Dictionary offers as its first definition for the word, committing an error to begin with by using the word or a part of the word to define the word. Later in the entry, we have equally useless items such as of average intelligence or development, free from physical or emotional disorder, and the usual state or amount. Seen historically is normal like, say, the 1918-1919 Spanish flu pandemic, when folks continued to insist on gathering together in sports stadiums to watch baseball games and football games, despite the rising rates of people becoming infected, is normal when, again like 1918-1919, people protest being cautious. Does normal then become synonymous with a sizable percentage of idiocy? Because if that's true, we are definitely back to normal. But I nonetheless wonder what it is that so many among us do not seem or want to understand about the spread of this contagion. 
Currently, the national infection rate from COVID is about 14%, which has been more or less steady for a long while. And when we look at our current near 50 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, and divide that by the total cases worldwide of about 269 million, we find that we have so far roughly 18% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. India, however, is a relatively close second, currently having 35 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil, with 22.3 million cases. Fourth, fifth, and sixth places respectively go to the UK, with 10.8 million cases, Russia with 9.8 million cases, and Turkey with 9 million cases. Meanwhile, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 5.3 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 796,000, up at least 10,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks. Only 1,428 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, 8.4 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1925 in West Plains, Missouri, Dick Van Dyke was born to Hazel and L.W. Cookie Van Dyke, a Sunshine Biscuits traveling salesman who loved jokes. Mr. and Mrs. Van Dyke raised young Dick and his younger brother Jerry in Danville, Illinois, of which Dick would later remark, I guess you could say I had a Penrodian childhood, barefoot boy with cheek of tan and all. And although of the two brothers Dick would become the comedy star, Jerry was the clown of the two. And he commented, Dick wore a suit and tie to school. He was popular. I was notorious. Before serving in the U.S. Army during World War II, Dick had worked as a radio announcer. The Army stationed him in Oklahoma, where he continued working on the radio. After the war, he and a buddy put together a pantomime lip-sync act, and Dick toured with this and other small-time acts for years, but had such little success that he figured the only way he could get married was to do it on a radio show that staged weddings for poor couples. Finally, in 1960, he got his big break being cast in the Broadway hit Bye Bye Birdie, which led to his being cast as Rob Petrie in The Dick Van Dyke Show. Along the way, Dick didn't forget his brother Jerry, who had worked as a comic in the U.S. Air Force during the Korean War. In 1962, Dick put together two episodes of The Dick Van Dyke Show, centered on his character Rob's sleepwalking brother, Stacy, played by Jerry. The character Stacy had been inspired by Jerry's own childhood sleepwalking. In real life, Jerry had once sleepwalked out into the street nude, carrying a set of golf clubs. Today is also the birthday in 1553 of Henry IV, first Bourbon King of Navarre and France. In 1797 of German poet Heinrich Heine. In 1816 of German inventor and industrialist Werner von Siemens. In 1818 of U.S. First Lady Mary Todd, in 1887 of World War I U.S. Sergeant and Medal of Honor recipient Alvin York, in 1903 of Spanish flamenco guitarist Carlos Montoya, 
in 1911 of American poet and novelist Kenneth Patchen, in 1913 of American boxer Archie Moore, in 1929 of Canadian actor Christopher Plummer, in 1949 of American musician Ted Nugent, in 1950 of American actress Wendy Malick, in 1967 of American actor Jamie Foxx, and of Italian-French singer-songwriter Carla Bruni, and in 1989 of American singer and songwriter Taylor Swift. From Oran Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the 13th and last official week of autumn 2021. Coming up next Monday is the winter solstice.